0: The sports fans
1: are all too used to here until now. No more
0: negative expectations, no more champions. playing the victim, no more fair weather freeways, no Series. more
1: 38 yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up and going. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl! The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl! From the mesmerized studios in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Tate, and the commissioner, Mark Rich. Welcome, welcome, welcome! It's so good to be back. I feel like I should be playing the Welcome Back Cotter theme song right now because we, we did take a little time off. Uh, we did not get you anything out earlier this week because adulting. Things happened. You know, uh, Mark is in the rat race that is the restaurant business, and sometimes you got to log some extra miles and some extra hours, and that's what he's been up to. I threw my back out had a uh, another kind of important event happen earlier this week and uh, and I was able to set a set some baggage down that I've been carrying around so you know that's the way the cookie crumbles but you are listening to believe in Atlanta sports and I am your host Robert Taylor and right uh, in front I, I want to say beside me but he's never beside me he's always in in front of me because that's just how our setup is but we got the commissioner Mark Rich in the house. Hello, hello, hello. Who uh, was, He did his best Ric Flair imitation earlier this week because he was uh, high-flying, limo-riding, sitting way up in the uh, luxury boxes of Mercedes-Benz Rare, Stadium. air. With unlimited chicken wings. I don't think you guys realize how dangerous that is. I got a picture of two heat lamps, and they were two large plates of chicken wings. And, and if you leave Mark and chicken wings in a room alone bad things are happening chicken wings never win yeah they'll never win ever they're always going down and the bird gang tailgate comes back this week but we won't talk about that just yet uh but but they had a week off because mr sellers uh whom i still haven't met i can't wait to meet this guy he seems like a pretty interesting dude he's been all over new zealand because that's where he's from uh and because we're friends on facebook now i've i've seen part of his adventures and it i want to go to new zealand so. When, to uh, to be clear, the Bird Gang tailgate
0: officially resumes December 4th for the Steelers game, for the Falcons-Steelers game. Okay. He'll be in New Zealand for a while, and then when he comes back, that's the next home game. So this week, um, they actually had a huge, when we went down for the Carolina game, they actually had a huge something or other going on. Either it was construction across the street, or something at the tabernacle but our entire lot was walled off so had it been a bird gang tailgate day it would have been a very interesting bird gang tailgate day
1: what makes it even more interesting is are you going to still have your spot like with all the construction and not being there is it well now? the
0: construction wasn't in the parking lot when i got when i got down there uh, Cause I got down there a little late, but another friend of ours sent a picture about just with the walls up, and it, it just looked like they w- they, had, they had the parking lot blocked off because they had tabernacle stuff going on. There was like security at the gate or whatever, but that is, if I'm not mistaken, that's an official like Falcons lot. Like you can buy passes for that lot for the season to park there. So I don't think they can, I don't think they can close it off for the entire season. But I will. Be damn sure checking it out this Sunday when uh, when I take my my good ball my good buddy Walt Baby Love to the Chargers game. He's a big Chargers fan, so uh, our other ticket went to him for his birthday. So I'm I'm bringing the enemy to the game, mm. hopefully to run all over him.
1: Yes, I hope you do some finger pointing, some in your faces, Walt. Uh, Walt's, but what's Walt six foot eight. I don't do a lot of finger pointing at Walt. Yeah, that's a large human right there. Um, so what, what are, is it like a premium, like UGA games? Like, are you worried that somebody could like, has been eyeballing that spot because you guys aren't there for a couple of weeks, they'll swoop in. And the problem is if somebody comes, if somebody comes while we're
0: not there and, and takes that spot, like we've had people like down the, down the sidewalk, like there's a, probably a good five or six spaces past our tailgate. For people to park in, in Tailgate. And people do park there in Tailgate down there. So I don't know if like they they've wanted to slide down the sidewalk to where we are. But we're so consistently there. And not to mention, I don't know anybody that has the gumption to get up at six o'clock in the morning and beat us down there. Like that's that's why we went out there early in the first place. And then it just became a thing that we did. Not to mention And until the Falcons start getting more four o'clock or night games, that one o'clock time slot, we love the the tailgate process is so fun. The earlier we get out of there, the more we get to enjoy it because the the prep and the cooking and the doing everything and you know it's great when London games are on and we get to watch early football on TV. Um, But yeah, man, those four o'clock games and those night games, if we ever get them, those are amazing because you literally just get to sit out, tailgate, cook, eat have fun and and watch football all day then go to the game but we normally just to wait out traffic we we tailgate early we put everything down we come back fire the grill back up turn the tv on watch the next game and then uh wait traffic out
1: yeah it's like a boat race at UGA man for those tailgate spots they they are co- coveted boom sorry coveted pieces of real estate like tailgate spots are like willed like passed down through families like well, and that's some overnight fights shit, will break too. out. Like people get there on Thursday and start like setting up their their spots. Like that's, I think that's one reason why I just don't even want to go through the trouble of trying to attend a lot of Georgia games regularly.
0: Well, the, so it's I feel like it's much more difficult at Georgia just the way it's set up. Like I'm, it's not easy to tailgate. I I, mean, I guess it's easy to tailgate for the Falcons just the way the. The parking lots are set up, but the space that's available at UGA like, is different. Like it, it's, it's grassy areas all over the place that people just take over. It's how, parking and then getting to these places that is the difficult part.
1: Well, they took some of that real estate away, too, over the years. There's places that you used to could tailgate that you can't now. They closed off certain parking lots at certain buildings. I remember when that was going down. And they may have changed it since then, but a couple of times while I was attending and living there, uh, it came out in the paper that they were rezoning and doing all this crazy stuff. So there's less spots to tailgate now. But I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. You guys haven't heard about this, but I I got this past Saturday for Georgia, Florida, I got a brand-new recliner delivered to the house. And this thing, is as I texted Mark, is the pinnacle of luxury. Like, when you sit in it, it's like you just fall in it, and it's like these two, like, arms that just kind of catch you, and they're like, okay, sit down, big guy. Just We got you right here. And you I heard you back. throw out your back. Come over here and uh, exactly. relax with me. Exactly. And it's going to be hard to, you know, we, we want the press passes. That That's what we want. We want to be in the action, in the booth, uh, you know, sideline something. And that, of course, I would go then. But, like, as just a casual fan, I think about there's a there's a clean bathroom with no line, literally like on the other side of the wall behind my recliner. There's a half bath. I've got a a, a stereo television, four K. You know, it's it's like you're wearing the headset. It's like you're Kirby Smart or Arthur Smith, and you've got air conditioning and the concession stand. Literally, I get up, go to the left, and, I, and take two steps. I'm in the kitchen. So I've got it all right there set up. I got a fire pit out back. I just bought a brand new smoker. It's like why would I? Why yeah. would I fool with crowds and parking and driving and tickets when I got the best of everything, literally with a? And I got my good buddy Merle to, to watch games with too. Like he watches sometimes. So it's going to be tough. Braves games now—that's another story. I'll always go to a Braves game. It's 13 miles from the house, but the foosball man—it's going to be going to be tough. The baseball game is—it's—it's.
0: It, it's. Ah man, I like them all in person better.
1: I'll be honest. I think baseball. Well, I'll watch or or go live. I I love both. I think I the live baseball game is more of like a social event these days because you go with buddies and uh you're talking, you're having beers, you're kind of looking around, you see somebody you hadn't seen in like two years, and there's you know the Terrapin Place and there's other places to to be off around, and you you go to the hat shop and and the gift shops, and so you don't really see as much of the games you might want. Like when I'm at home, I really zone in and listen to the announcers and listen to what's going on with the game, but maybe not so much. I have been known to go to a Braves game by myself and get a scorebook and just keep score. And that's really, I haven't done that in a long time. So maybe this coming up season, but a lot of times it's with buddies and you, you watch the game, but you're also like, Oh, what did I miss? Oh, cause we were talking about, you know, when, you know, Pasquale Perez got lost on 285 or something, some old Mm -hmm. Braves story or something. But speaking of the Braves, speaking of baseball, we got a World Series going on, and what a roller coaster it's been because in Game 3, the Phillies were so rowdy and raucous that they registered on some seismographs nearby in the state of Pennsylvania. I want to say it was maybe at Penn State or Penn, one of those uh, highfalutin... Uh, good schools that we probably couldn't get into. So yeah, I mean there were five home runs through the first five innings. I think some crazy stat like that that's never been done before. But then, and before I say my next sentence, it, it was it was kind of alluded to that maybe McCullers was uh, tipping his pitches, and they were just teeing off on him. Who knows? And they they banged that dude around. Yeah, the Phillies just beat up on the. Astros and it looked, you know, that's a kind of a big momentum swing, but then the next night, which was last night, the Astros come out and throw the first combined no hitter in the history of the world series and shut the door on the Phillies and come back with a statement. So now they have the momentum and it's tied two two and I am just really, really pulling for the Astros and Dusty Baker and Troy Snitker. And that's it. And, and just my hate of the Philadelphia, the sillies. I won't call them their their real name they're the sillies and well, for those for those without a dog in the fight though they're getting a
0: hell of a world series yeah that's, yeah that's that's the cool part for you know people are like nobody uh, somebody i forget who it was was talking about nobody wants to see this world series well i mean there are fans out there that want to see it but they're definitely definitely giving you a great
1: show no doubt about it And and we have the winter meetings coming up that's what i'm looking for Cause I want to, I'm ready for some action. Uh, it's and you know I'd been saying that they usually do it in Orlando every year, but it's actually not. So this year it's December fourth through the seventh in San Diego, California. We're gonna Sunny, see some San Diego, Saint Diego. Um, we're gonna see some signings and some wheeling and dealing, and I hope there's some good. Hot stove stuff because the winter meetings uh, in the past several years have been kind of boring and slow and not a lot of action. But there's there's shortstops to be signed and free agent pitchers and, you know, Dansby's still out there. And, and speaking of Dansby, his uh, asking price maybe went up a, a touch just because he won his first gold glove. He was an elite fielder at the position. That's what that means. Max Freed wins his third gold glove in a row, but we got to talk about, you want to talk about gold gloves. Let's talk about the king of all gold glove winning baseball players. And that's the mad dog dude. won 18 in a row, 18 gold. That's the record of any fielding position in baseball. So just another cherry on top of uh, Greg Max's career. Not only was he the most ridiculous pitcher ever
0: 18 in a row.
1: Every year. Pretty much every year of his career. he that, won- That's like when you
0: you start forgetting about it. Like, and yeah. nobody cares about it anymore because they know you're going to get it.
1: He just opens a door in a closet in his house, and there's just like a pile of gold glove trophies. He just throws it on top. There's another one of those. It's no biggie. It's another day of the office. Ma, have you seen my gold gloves? But I will say this. I watched the Nolan Ryan documentary on Netflix, and I've always said that, that uh, Greg Maddox was the greatest pitcher i ever saw and it's what's it's hard to say now because i don't want to say i forgot about nolan ryan because i'm definitely old enough to have watched him pitch but the dude holy cow man that documentary has got you shook well, you just think about it. He threw three no hitters
0: in sixteen months. No, I know. I mean, but you you've been uh, Seven all time fixated yeah. on Nolan after this. I know, it's well, like you, you just... feel bad about Greg Maddox. Like you Greg, if you're out there listening, Rob loves you. Yeah. I he do. truly, truly loves you. He was just given some very new information about Nolan Ryan and yeah, brought dude.
1: all this stuff to light. And uh he still loves you. Yes. But here we are. So there's still a bromance, uh but yeah, seven no hitters, three in sixteen months, strikeout king. I knew, I knew all these things. It, it just man, he just wasn't on a lot of good baseball teams. He getting a lot of run support, and he really might be for me now the the best to ever. Do it. We had an argument about this on Tuesday, but we won't go there. But the the, the thing for me, and and just kind of sticking with the baseball theme and and, and signings is what is the holdup? With Mr. Swanson. Do you, uh, do you think the gold glove? I mean, but this is
0: a hold on. Look at if you look at it from the perspective of he did get the gold glove. Do you want, do you think maybe that they're like, hey, let's see if uh, Dan's gets the gold glove and then we'll then we'll talk? Do you think like because there's, I mean, there always seems to be something happening when we're like nothing's going on, then like, I mean, that's kind of a big deal when you're negotiating something, yes, you know what I mean. So maybe maybe this is just part of the process, and we we are impatient because of what everybody's saying. Everybody's point, pointing us in the direction that it's a no brainer. We're going to get Dansby, and the longer it takes, the more we're we're questioning literally everything that people are telling us.
1: Man, it's it's just the you know um, the whole thing of. You want to be here. Braves want you here. They handed out deals to Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, Austin Riley. Like, you know, everybody's got these deals and, and you're just like, what, what, what it like, because they're not, they're not giving us anything in the news. So we don't, and we're not in the know. So we're just like the rest of you guys, a couple of fans who are Googling Dansby Swanson about every uh, a day and a half and, and we got nothing. So you're just no news is good news because it means he hasn't signed anywhere else. But it's also, you're just, can we can we, get, can we close this thing out? Because the longer you wait, the more it just seems like maybe he won't be back. Because, again, I've said this repeatedly on here, but maybe we all have PTSD from the Freddie Freeman saga, and we know that Casey Close is involved. We know Excel Sports Management is involved, and, and we're just going, come on, let's... Uh, Get, get, Until give me a it carrot it's done we're going to be we're yeah, going to be antsy dangle a it. carrot because if we're not, if he's not coming back who are we getting you know is it going to be Trey Turner all the and all the like and, and I think I think too we're just because the season ended so abruptly for us we were not prepared to take uh, to bow out in the NLDS we thought maybe we would battle the Dodgers and Freddie in the NLCS and maybe even you know be back in the World Series facing the Astros but I'm just jonesing for something I'm like you know I'm like Dave Chappelle with the the, the scratchy neck uh, meme. You know you got any more of that baseball news? I, I'm just you know I Jones- smoke rocks. Yeah, I'm just jonesing for a little a little snippet of of something, some information regarding the Atlanta Braves. And we've got a couple of prospects that have done well in the Arizona Fall League, Justin Henry Malloy. But the thing
0: here's the other thing too is that like I, the other guys that we signed, and not to say that they didn't have a leg to stand on um because like Austin Riley and stuff like that like these guys have like a, a place to come from to negotiate um but Dan, Dansby had a really good year
1: his best year he's ever had as a major leaguer like, ever
0: but oh in in overall top to bottom you you had the the gold glove is a cherry on top so <clears throat> it, maybe it's just it's just what it is maybe uh, Dansby Maybe he just wants what he wants. Uh, who knows? But it, it doesn't feel like. I don't know. It, it it feels like it makes sense that Dansby's contract is the last one to get done, and it didn't get done during the the middle of the season. I uh, I don't know why that makes sense to me, but uh, who knows? Uh, I just want one way or the other to know. But yeah, I, and like I said, I've pushed it off to where I'm gonna I'll start getting very nervous. A week after the World Series is over, when baseball is done and there's nothing else to talk about, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna start keying in on Dansby.
1: I, I hope it gets done before the winter meetings, or at least during. And if there's no deal after the winter meetings, then I'm gonna be like, this dude probably ain't coming back. That's just that's just me, and I don't think I'm being crazy, Atlanta fan either. I think it's pretty safe that. that if we don't get something done over the course of the next coming weeks. And I already said, I, I was like 10 days, two weeks after the season for the Braves is finished. I'd start to get worried. Cause I fully expected it to just kind of with everything that went on with Freeman, I kind of expected it to get, get wrapped up and, and just nail it down quick and don't give any other teams times to, to make an offer. Don't give the Cubs or the giants or whatever these teams might come after him any time to speak with his agent, just get it wrapped up and go, sorry guys, he's ours. Now, so here's the only news that I've seen is that, uh, and I think Keith Law was, was one of them who said this, that that people or maybe the Braves uh, are, are a little hesitant because they don't see any more upside in him. As in maybe, you know, he's this was his best season, but he's going to decline, and I don't think so. Or like it's a one-off, maybe a bit of a fluke because of how many players have you seen have that walk year and, and they just go ham, then they get the big fat contract and they kind of simmer down yeah they kind of stink a little i don't think that's gonna happen i just because he doesn't feel like that type of player well especially after watching how he reacted to about you know getting kicked around by the phillies like he was visibly upset like he was not a happy camper this guy he likes to win he's a winner you know he doesn't like early exits from the playoffs. You know they had a goal in mind and they did not achieve it and and I think his expectations were uh certainly much higher. Well everybody's was. What are we talking about? Nobody in there expected to go home. Um but he he was visibly uh as the as the young kids say shook. Yeah, well and and to
0: go back to your point about the trade, you you've got a you've got to protect your heart in these scenarios. So you you deciding that you're you're gonna think that he's on his way out if he doesn't sign by a certain time. That's just a way of protecting yourself from disappointment. Because if you you set yourself up for the the fact that he's not gonna be here, it doesn't hurt so bad when it's the last minute. Oh yeah, by the way, he's gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just maybe maybe it is because uh, the World Series is on and they're everybody's watching it or cleaning out lockers or you know owners or just nobody's really. Nobody's getting signed right now either. I mean, you know, Correa, any of those guys, you haven't seen much news. So maybe that's kind of a deal that, that the, and I just haven't ever paid attention to it, that things don't really start moving until after the series is over. But we're going to find out. But, uh, you know, I'm just marking, it's kind of like being in jail, you know, you put that mark on the wall. i have just, I'm putting that mark on the wall every day, counting down to Valentine's Day 2023, because as everybody knows, well, everybody that's uh, you know an avid sports lover knows that's when pitchers and catchers report. No strikes this year. No CBAs. Everything. Everybody's going to be in there on time. We're going to have a normal spring, and the Braves are going to come back for another year of dominance in the NL East and another fun summer of baseball and shenanigans down at the battery. And I can't wait. But we've got bigger fish to fry. Because, holy moly, what a weekend we have in front of us. Somebody said yesterday, this is the biggest game in the history of Sanford Stadium. And I said, I'm not, I don't know. Maybe. It could be. But. It's a fair assumption. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Tennessee. It goes down Saturday. I'm going to say probably on ESPN because I'm sure game day is going to be there. Is it CBS game game days there? CBS (laughs) CBS got the game. All right. So it's on CBS, but game day is going to be in the house and man, it's a kind of an emotional time for us, Georgia fans, because we lost uh, a couple of great. Well, we lost the dog, uh, last week in the form of Vince Dooley, but another another damn good dog as the fan base likes to say, Charlie Trippy. Charlie was a hundred and very legendary Georgia player, extremely talented athlete. But Vince Dooley, ninety years old, and man, I got I could talk about so many memories, uh, going to Georgia games as a as a young child and seeing Vince Dooley coach the dogs. But he was just so much more for Georgia than that. Somebody called him the most important figure in the history of the University of Georgia, and I was like, maybe. He I was literally, probably a, literally could. a part of everything. I guess. In I some way, if, shape, or form. I don't know if it's stupid to say this, but he, he could be considered the the Joe Paterno of UGA just because of what he did outside of football for the community, for the school. He was the AD from, what, like 79 to 2004, I even said, like, Georgia has some other legendary coaches, you know, Wally Butts and, and whatnot, but I don't think really Georgia was, like, on the scene or on the map until Vince Dooley and Herschel and those runs in the 80s. So just just a great – all. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure you got to meet Vince Dooley uh, a, a few times over your uh, life. I got to meet him at some book signings and, you know, hey, Vince is at Academy Sports, and every once in a while you'd see him at, like, a Harris Teeter or something – and just give him a quick, hey, coach. So I, I, I didn't spend any extensive time, but had the pleasure of meeting him. And he just, you know, seemed like a really genuine, pleasant guy. And and people don't, maybe some people don't agree with this, but I think this just gives Georgia a little more motivation, a little more fuel to that competitive fire to get out there and, and dedicate this season to Vince and really, really stick it to the Vols on Saturday and, and Vince's is uh you know looking down from above he's up there with Larry talking ball and i bet it's fun wherever they're at maybe i'll be there one day with them but what does georgia got to do on saturday to win you want to go first you want me to go first
0: i think it's simple they got to play great defense that's uh that's all there is i to me that's all there is to it you look at you look at tennessee's schedule and the games that they've played. And you you see that um, the Alabama game was an absolute shootout. When they played Florida, was it 38-33. They beat them. Tennessee's defense is not a great defense. Um, we should be able to score easily. And we've been talking about this since the beginning of the year, speculating on what this game could be. And it would always come down to um, whose defense came to play because the the offenses like uh, the difference between our offenses is about fifty yards per game. They average about three hundred and seventy one yards a game. Hendon uh, Hooker has a favorite target in Jalen Hyatt. They run a spread offense. They like to put three guys on one side and Hyatt Hyatt uh, all by himself. I believe in Varsity Blues. They call it what do you call it the oop doop you know, overload them
1: on one side. Never, never seen Varsity Blues. Are you shitting me? Nope, never seen it. Probably right. never will. This I'm might, sorry. Why? I don't know, sis. Does it's not up my alley, really? It's 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 it seems like it's like uh, you know, the Dawson's Creek of football movies for some. Reason. <laughs> I <don't know>. Just <laughs> oh man, just because pro- James Vanderbeek is not Yeah, it. probably not going to watch it. I'm sorry.
0: Probably it's hysterical. It. Oh man, that is. Yeah. That's yeah. A sad Sorry, thing.
1: I just took the air out of the show, people. I just just popped that balloon real quick.
0: <laughs> but regardless, I mean, that's just that the first time it was ever explained, it Vanderbeek's character was trying something different on offense, and he talked about uh, overloading a team on one side and running one a guy all by himself on the other. Uh, regardless, Hyatt's a the guy. Um, they do actually run the ball pretty well. Um uh I feel like our strength is our secondary at Georgia. So we may be forcing them to to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, but really it's just overall as simple as we can put it, the our our defense has to show up to play because if we can stifle their offense and if we can stifle their offense and combine that with scoring on them early. Um, I and put them in a place where it's hard for them to get back out of, then, um, it's great. Uh, I did read a couple of stats about time of possession. Um, so Tennessee doesn't need a lot of time to score, they haven't held the ball in these wins that often. I saw a couple games, 12 to 14 minutes, you know, not to score all these points. So it's one of those things where Georgia just running the ball, and just eating clock is not going to help. That defense is 100% going to have to show up ready to play, and we are definitely going to need to win the turnover battle in this game.
1: Yeah, well, either great minds think alike or you just copied right off my paper today, Mark. I don't know which one it is. I'm going to say great minds think alike because you're right. Um, UT does run the football very well. It's, and it's a pretty simple formula that you talk about every week, no matter what team you coach. Make a team one-dimensional. But I tell you one thing they can't do. They need to jump on Tennessee like they jumped on Florida. But then once you jump on them, because they took their foot keep off jumping. the gas in Jacksonville and they let them right back into the game. And that is a dangerous thing. I don't think you want to get into a track race with Tennessee either. I think if it comes down to that, Tennessee wins. So I think they got to, you know, you got you to keep Hendon Hooker in front of you because he likes to go over the top. They're going to spread you out. Everybody knows there's nowhere to hide. A lot of man to man coverage. They're going to expose you but i yeah i think if you turn into one of those you know and i said it could be where you know kind of like i said tennessee didn't really beat alabama so much as they outlasted them it could be one of those if it turns into a who's going to outlast who situation man I, I think tennessee maybe has the edge there but you know keep keep hooker in front of you don't let he, don't let him get anything over the top keep the momentum it's a big day, uh, you know, uh, already. You know, Champ Bailey's going to get honored that day. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a big day in Athens. Everybody's kind of still thinking about Coach Dooley and everything. So, I think momentum and emotion and everything are, are on Georgia's side. And it's in Athens, obviously. So, man, I just, I'm going to be biting my nails the whole time watching this game. Now, you said uh, you were a little concerned about Nolan Smith being out. And I don't think I'm as concerned as you are, but he is a he has a voice on that defense. He does direct traffic, but I said to you, it's time for somebody to just step in and, and take the reins. He, uh, and and even Kirby said it's like having an extra coach. And even though he's not going to be in the game, he's going to be very involved on the sidelines. You know, letting these guys know what's up and letting them know what he, what they see. But Keely Ringo and Malachi Starks—that's it. Those two got to play. Lights out football and they always do a good job but you got to shut it, but cuz you can't put double coverage on him really because that that's going to leave somebody else out there you know so man I'm just I'm normally not like this but I think this is Georgia's toughest game in the last several years best best opponent built to to take him down well it's a <clears throat> I don't want to call them one-dimensional,
0: but the difference in our offenses and the difference in our defenses it, it is a lot. Like we're one and two in the uh, SEC in offense, and on defense, I think it's one, uh, one in one in ten. I'm not sure. I have to go back and look at that. But it Tennessee's defense is ranked further behind than our offense is ranked behind there. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I, I'm nervous because if that offense is clicking on all cylinders and they give our defense a hard time, then we have to revert back to our offense and make sure that our offense is going to take care of business. And, you know, you look at the fact that this is a big game for them and in the nerves and all that good stuff, but, like, If they if they come ready to play, I mean everybody needs to be ready to play. But if they come ready to play and their defense plays above themselves, um, it's going to be a really tough game. Uh, We also talked about how if Georgia comes out and just slaps them in the mouth, like that's what you got to do. That's the recipe. You got to come out swinging. You got to hit them. You have to connect, and you got to you got to keep swinging until the the game's over. You can't stop swinging. Not this game.
1: Yeah, man, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I have the, why I have the nerves. I will say this, that number one ranking they, uh, laid on Tennessee's, uh, forehead, the crown was a beautiful thing. Oh yeah. Because I hope that they're just gobbling up that rat poison. They're, they're getting, you know, full of themselves as, as, Hey, we've seen, we saw Georgia do it. Earlier this year, we think they kind of got into the rat poison a little, but that number one ranking is awesome. And number putting Georgia at three, now we've got a chip on our shoulder. That was bulletin board material for Georgia. You know, you just kind of uh, angered us a little bit. It's just funny. I I I love all these things,
0: but we're 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 number one in the AP poll and the coaches poll, but we're number three in the playoff poll. So uh, it's just nice that that actually plays to our advantage. So. Man, it's going to be a great day. I mean, we we didn't even talk about how wonderful it was to beat Florida.
1: Always wonderful to beat Florida. I just didn't like the way in which it was done. I mean, we still stomped them by three touchdowns, but uh, that third quarter really Chapter annoyed ass. me. It, yep. it, it was like me too, you know. And and I I said it like after their after it was fourteen nothing. I said we're about to whip the shit out of these guys today. I was like, I said. Vince Dooley passing uh, was kind of just sealed the deal for this game. There was no way that Georgia was going to allow that to happen. And then that third quarter comes, and I, and I and I said, if we do this against Tennessee, we're going to lose. Well, that's yeah, that's a it's a bigger swing. You know what I mean? If we
0: if we play like that, it the swing's going to be a lot harder. Um, man, I I don't I still don't know what to do on Saturday. I w- I want to go. I want to go really bad. The uh right now the cheapest tickets are six twenty five and the most expensive are about
1: fifty five hundred. Yeah. I remember was it two thousand, the year we beat Tennessee and tore the goalpost down. Hmm. I wanna say I paid upwards of four hundred. So I guess, you know, kind of judge for inflation and, you know, the the times, I guess that's because that was a that was a hot ticket, boy. And uh I just hope we don't I don't want to see any dirty Tennessee fans messing up our hedges, man. Whatever, whatever. I don't think they could do it in Athens. Um, I don't think there's that many Tennessee fans that could kind of jump would, over the. That would take the biggest set of balls. Yeah, but uh, I just I just don't want them to win. Has that ever happened? Has somebody ever torn down somebody else's goalposts? Oh, I'm sure if we did our homework, we could find it. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's... That that's would a, just be a massacre yeah did you, did you imagine an orange flood on that field? And no, I, stop. Get I, out of here. No, no I'm just bam. saying,
0: like, I don't think anybody would leave. Yeah. <laughs> you, they'd have to fight their way out.
1: Yeah. They would be trapped inside Sanford Stadium, and there'd be, like, a hostage situation. <laughs> there'd they'd be, be like, a 30. Week
0: two. There'd be a 30 for 30 on this thing for sure.
1: Uh, and another thing I guess it's worth uh, mentioning, well, probably just for me, but I, I had a very dear friend. Uh, In college, his name was Greg Evans, and uh, he was not a Georgia guy. He went to Georgia, but he was kind of a contraire. uh, He liked to stir the pot. And his team was the Washington Nationals. I don't remember who his football team was. Virginia Tech, maybe? Anyway, but he was never really a a, a big football guy anyway. But uh, every year when the Tennessee Volunteers played Georgia, he would always cuz I worked with him, went to school with him and I was roommates with him for a while. Uh he has since passed on, but he would always say let's go willing participants. And uh it just it, it just makes me giggle every time. Uh cuz man, he always wanted Tennessee to beat Georgia, but <laughs> not this year, not this year. We need I, I'm telling you, we need we need Oregon UGA to uh take the field on Saturday. That's how tight they've got to play. That was the, I mean, for me that Oregon game was the best complete football game Georgia's put together all year and I think they've got to do that again on Saturday they've got to to play the best to beat Tennessee not to
0: get off track either but you said Oregon Georgia do you see all the
1: oh yeah hype they're
0: putting behind Bo Nix right now I mean he's having a pretty darn good year but so I I I showed you I, I guess I sent you that tweet Yes, that I saw yes. because I was like, "Are you are you kidding me?" They're like the offense is more simplified. I'm like, All right, "Come on, man, mm-hmm. you're just you you you're playing Pac-12 defenses, man."
1: Yes, that is true. That is, and very not even true. to not even
0: to take anything away from Bo Nix, but like the Bo Nix you saw against Georgia was the the Bo Nix against SEC defenses, not just against Georgia. Yep. That's... That was just the same guy, and then you fast-forward now, he's getting to play against Pac-12 defenses, and again,
1: we don't hate you, Pac-12. It's just a little different out there. Um, A lot different. Well, again, it's just stupid that they're like, well, if we play Georgia today. Well, you can't play Georgia today. You had your chance, and you blew it. You know, it's kind of like De Niro in Copland when he's talking to Sylvester Stallone, you know. Yeah, Stallone wanted to, he shows up a little late to the party wanting to help out and De Niro's like, you blew it. You blew it. You had your chance. So boom, be quiet. Go away. We, we flicked you off. You know, we, we, you know, flicked you off our shoulder, got you out of the way and, and you can't play Georgia again because you're not getting into the playoff. Yeah. What, what, what scenario does Oregon get one of those spots? A man a really, really weird one that you I know, don't want to see happen. There's even a chance that uh, uh, there's even a chance that you see Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama in three of those spots. I heard somebody uh, at the bar the other night just saying there's
0: there's no way in hell they'll let something like that happen. I'm just like, are you serious? No way in hell they'll let something like that happen. I, I promise you this, if Tennessee's the undefeated one going into the playoff and Georgia and Alabama are the one-loss teams that's your best shot at it but yeah.
1: um man here's how it could happen Tennessee wins on Saturday they go to the SEC championship now LSU Alabama on Saturday if LSU beats Alabama Saturday which they've LSU is a much improved team they're in control of the west so it, you you know does LSU if they win the SEC because usually whoever wins the SEC championship gets a spot that's like an, almost an automatic bid. So I'm just saying you know you it, are
0: right though if uh I mean the only scenario where all three would go is if they were all one loss teams because that's the only way that it's even feasible. Um, in this scenario, Tennessee would have to lose to Alabama. Yeah, in the SEC championship game to make them all one loss, but I honestly, I, I you still have you can almost, I'm I'm almost gonna put a stamp on Ohio State going, and you can almost put a stamp on Clemson going. So you're thinking two from the SEC and those two guys. I I don't see a different scenario, but God, it would be awesome if Michigan just beat Ohio State. That would be great. Kept yes. them out of it. I would thoroughly love that. But man. I just want to beat the hell out of Tennessee and keep it moving and then see what happens. Well, there. If, you,
1: if you think about it, the the top of that uh, you know, ranking could get a little wild in the near future because it sure looks like, you know, uh everybody talk the early talk is that Billy Napier is going to get Florida turned around pretty quickly because he's an excellent recruiter. He was at Alabama. He's a good coach. So now you throw Florida in the mix if auburn finds a good coach auburn's got money they can get you know they can recruit you know all the NIL stuff you know auburn is a is a wealthy program they could be back on top again then you now is tennessee is this just a a perfect storm of talent cuz hooker's gone next year so can can your next guy run the offense like he could you know is is this is this the sign that tennessee is back or is it just kind of a just sort of happened to happen this way, and it's, it's they're gonna have one magical season, and then kind of maybe, you know, be down.
0: Well, so what I what I see from Hypo right now is this is his recruiting audition tape. This is audition tape. Hey, if you want to come sling the ball all over the world in the SEC, come see me. That's gonna uh, that's gonna put a twinkle in a lot of quarterbacks' eyes. I'm not. I don't think he's gonna have a problem getting somebody. I mean, maybe not exactly Hendon Hooker but uh, he's gonna he's gonna be able to fill his shoes sooner than later um r- right now they're just in that particular spot but he's making Tennessee very attractive to a lot of people and Tennessee is man, uh, I've said this for a long time I don't want Tennessee and Florida to suck I'm no just as a just as a fan of the game I don't I don't want it now I mean it's nice when you have a a an easy road to the SEC championship game, but like I I like
1: football. I'm it just makes you look better, you know, when Tennessee's good, nobody can say anything about Georgia's schedule. When Florida and Auburn, all that was like, hey man, we got these guys, these guys, these guys. Like even when they're not ranked, it's still tough. Cause we've said this all along. A bad SEC team will beat a really good team from any other conference pretty soundly most of the time. So, you know, subpar SEC teams are still elite over you know, Pac-12s or some of the Big Ten schools. Well, and I, I wonder if I wonder if other
0: conferences think like that. Like I, I don't, I don't want people to keep saying the West is so much better than the East. I wish the East would get their shit together and get their football programs back up on
1: top. So, so we could we can battle. Well, we're always going to drag around the baggage that is Kentucky and Vanderbilt. We just don't, you know. Listen, man, can we we
0: gotta we gotta enjoy Vanderbilt for what it is. They keep our GPAs up. Yeah, <laughs> keep the
1: graduation rate going. But. You know what I'm saying? It's it's important. But, man, that is, uh, you know, we are trying to work on some things here, and I know we keep talking about getting back on the uh, the YouTubes, and we're, we're going to make that happen, but we're also uh, you know, playing with our format and trying to shorten these things up maybe a little bit for you in, in the smaller bite-sized portions. Um, so with that said, we're going to get out of here, but we're going to hit you with another one. But guys, make sure you tune in this week. If you're going down to the stadium, get the hot tea, the honey, get those vocal cords ready. Cause Kirby said if you can talk when you left, you didn't cheer loud enough. That place is going to we're gonna you're the twelfth man. That the team's going to need you. It needs to be so loud that Hendon Hooker can't can't think straight. It needs to be so loud that they miss some plays. It needs to be so loud that we, we get some penalties out of this deal. So if you're in that stadium, let's make some seismographs trip off like the Phillies did, and let's stick it to these Vols and let them know that we will not – be disrespected and if those
0: bailey boys are all in the building you check and see if boss has any more eligibility and put him
1: in on a kick defense exactly maybe we'll get big mike to go down there and run a couple of series as well big mike robinson but anyway guys we love you that's all we have for this show we'll see you again real soon do you believe